podcast, we are here to root deep in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. My name is Ben Jacobson. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota, and I am joined today by our other pastor, Ben, uh, Ben Sullivan. Ben, it's good to have you on. It's a joy to be with you. Yeah, so we've been doing this thing this summer where we are going through the Psalms, and we found some Psalms that are uplifting, some that take us deep into the, the places of despair in our lives. We've found Psalms of praise, Psalms of lament, and we'll continue to, to work our way through those as the summer goes on. Of course, we won't get to all of the Psalms, so as a listener, that's up to you to, to fill in the gaps and to read some of those Psalms on your own. Today, we're going to look at a short little Psalm, one that you could probably read every day that would give you some insights for your day. We're going to read Psalm 100, and it's really a Psalm about worship and about praise and about giving thanks. And so, Ben, I wanted to ask you a question about worship. When's a time or two that... Uh, you've had a, a powerful worship experience. Uh, there's really two that come to mind uh, as we kind of sat down and chatted before. Um, <clears throat> back in my college days, we went to, uh, some of my friends and I went to a Rend Collective concert here in town. And uh, the way I can remember uh, feeling is that it was almost like we were in heaven while we were singing the mm. music. Mm. Um is almost like you didn't care what anybody thought around you. Uh, you didn't think about all the things, you know, that uh, could be on a college student's mind, all the, you know, pressures, all of the uh, stress or whatever. Uh, it was all gone, and we were able just to be ourselves and just be in the presence of Jesus. Uh, it was just a very powerful moment. And yet another time that comes to mind is... Uh, Many, many years later, this was probably two years ago now, two summers ago, uh, Jade and I just had a, a Sunday where we were able to just take an ec- extra day off and uh, went to uh, just a smaller church here in town and uh, nothing fancy about it, no big concert, big name where everybody knew. Uh, it's just a normal Sunday worship service. And uh, it was very, um, very just simple. Uh, they opened up the Gospel of Mark and they were just preaching through the book and uh I just remember just feeling like, wow, this is, you know what, this is not flashy, this is not big, but it is powerful just to open up the Word of God like we're going to do today and just to see the simplicity of it and yet how profound that is and what that means for us. And uh, I think the Word of God, as we're going to read here in just a moment, is powerful enough and doesn't need all the flashy things. And I just felt like there was a heart of worship, even just hearing the simple words Mm. of Jesus. That's interesting. Think uh, a lot of times when we think about worship, kind of one of the places we go immediately, and you went there first, is is music. Mm-hmm. Uh, music is this great expressive, worshipful thing. I think of, I was in a men's choir my first year of, of college, and I remember singing, um, uh, in even actually just in a rehearsal, this moment of, of singing a hymn together as a choir and all of our voices joining in harmony. And then there's that moment where you sing the last note and everybody sort of stops singing, but the the music still rings in the mm-hmm. room. Uh, you know, you go to those, those, and I think of, you know, even just, I love the worship that we have here at Hope, uh, whether it's traditional worship or contemporary worship, or, you know, I, I love the songs, the music. There's something about your body actually gets drawn into that and that's what you're talking about like at that concert you know you 
you sort of just become mm-hmm. who God intended you to be in that moment, and it's this amazing thing. But but then I love also that you you think you thought about well, there's more than that. There's um, there's the moments when we open the Word of God together. That's worship. There's the moments I can think of lots of moments. Uh, just uh, one of the favorite things of mine in in the worship that we do together is is we pause and we pray for our community. We pray for the people in our congregation and we invite God into all of those spaces. And the common denominator of that worship is that that whether it's music, prayer, whatever else, God is in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing that that makes it worship is that that God is there with us and and I think in worship we become more aware of that promise that God is there. Um, so mm-hmm. this psalm is just a, an invitation into a life of worship. And so we'll dive right in, and Ben, I'll have you, I'll have you read that for us. Yeah. Psalm 100, uh, verse 1. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Beautiful. Mm. So as you read that, uh, what what words, what things uh, stuck out stuck out for you? I love it. It's a very simple psalm. Uh, there's only five verses, and so it's pretty simple. I think you're going to be kind of walking through a lot of different things we can pull. Um, but as you said earlier, it's a simple psalm of worship and praise. We hear you know right away, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. And, you know, when we were talking about worship, uh, you know, you worship through just uh, many different ways, but it's through shouting for joy. Worship is meant to be a joyful experience. Uh, we talked about, you know, many different forms of worship, but here I think a big part of uh, the book of Psalms is it is through song. Mm. Like they are songs, they are uh, mm. poems, they are uh you know, different form prayers, different forms that we can say, but it says, worship the Lord with gladness, again, joy, come before him with joyful songs. Uh, and so I think there's something to be said when we sing. That's why we're doing this uh, sermon series, I hope right now, on the, you know, different hymns that have created the foundation for how we worship the Lord through song. Uh, there's something to be said when we not only know that the Lord is God, uh, but we go down to verse 5 and know that he is good. Uh, and his love endures forever. And when we are drawn to the goodness of God, it leads us to an outward expression of praise because of his inward level, his inward uh, person uh, of being good. That is who he is, not just what he does. I, I think of that, just that first phrase, shout for joy to the Lord. And, and some translations translate that as make a joyful noise to the Lord. And I'm just thinking back, we just had a bunch of kids here for VBX, uh, hundreds, right? Thousands. Uh, thousands yeah. of kids uh, here for VBX. And, and there was actually one of the songs we sang, uh, they, 
they they shouted the words joy 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 three times and you get 700 kids in a room shouting mm. joy 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 um it's it's this amazing thing that was a joyful noise uh, quite literally actually mm. um but i think about you know so many of us probably feel like our worship is not enough in the presence of a of a holy god um and maybe some of us think, well, I'm not that great of a singer. And uh, this is a wonderful invitation to mm. not be perfect, but to just shout. Uh, shouting doesn't have to sound beautiful. Yeah. Um, it sounds beautiful to the one who, who hears it. And I think there is something to be said about that, that in a sense, yeah, our worship will never be enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember the particular, you know, song that it is now, but... Uh, you know, it's just like we we can't. You know, all all we could do is say thank you. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's nothing else we could do other than just to you know, um, he acknowledge that he is the one who is his perfect and and all we can do is is to sing of that. We know that even our singing will never be perfect. You know, we talk about vacation Bible experience. There's a kid this last week, yeah, who at our North Campus here just said, "Man, I." I'm a terrible singer, and he was really getting down on himself, and no one wants to hear, and so that's why I try not to sing, and it's just like, man, it doesn't matter what other people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes we just get so caught up in what other people are thinking, what, uh, you know, the room around me, they're going to hear me and all this stuff, and, you know, I get caught up in that stuff too. Um, but it doesn't matter. Worship is not for those around us. It is for God, and it doesn't matter. If you have the worst-sounding voice, uh, sometimes that's the most beautiful sound in his eyes, mm. and so mm. um, something to be said about even, you know, how do we teach that lesson to our kids? You know, it's it's not about us. It's all about him. Yeah, and if you don't, if you if if you let your worries about yourself become a hindrance, think about what you miss. Mm. You know, I think about that first story you told about being at that concert. If you were self-conscious in those moments of, well, I'm not as good as the singer up on mm-hmm. the stage. Um you would have you would have missed the experience of being lost mm-hmm. in the presence of God and having the worries and cares that you were carrying that day mm-hmm. melt away mm-hmm. um, and so that's what part of worship is is letting letting yourself just be mm-hmm. to be to be in the presence of God, which is not an easy thing for us to do in a world where we uh, feel like we constantly need to produce and do and move and act and uh, that's why i think this psalm in particular is is a really important one because it it gives us this invitation back into the presence of god and so this would be a this would be a great psalm to read mm-hmm. every morning i want to talk just for a minute about um how we might look at a psalm you know if you're at home and you're reading a psalm and you're wondering well okay, I read it, now what? How do I kind of start to extract some meaning in it from it? Or mm-hmm. how do I think about it a little deeper? How do, I, how do I go beyond just reading? And I think one of the things you can do is, is you can read it again, uh, slow it down, and, and just look at the shape. So when these psalms were written, you know, they're poetry. They're poetry, they're songs. And in your Bible, no doubt, it's put on the page... And, uh, and so if you just look at um, it, uh, when I look at mine, there's four kind of stanzas. So mm-hmm. there's a word that starts the stanza and then it, it's tabbed over 
underneath it to, to break it up into four sections. So the first section is shout for joy to the Lord, mm-hmm. all the earth and worship the Lord with gladness come before him with joyful songs. It's this invitation to, to come into the presence of God. And then there's, it moves uh, to this headspace where it says, know that the Lord is God. It's he who made us. We are his, we are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. And, and right there, Ben, uh, it tells us, first of all, who God is, and second of all, who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it tells us uh, God is the one, the Lord. God is the one who made us. And then it tells us who we are. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And I love how it, it, it kind of repeats but also changes three times there. We are his, we are his people, we are his sheep, the sheep mm-hmm. of his pasture. Why does that matter? Why does it matter for us to know that, that we're his? I think there's a lot that we can be defined by in this world and a lot of different things that we could follow. And uh, what do we know about sheep? Um, <laughs> sheep are stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the <laughs> the idea. And so, you know, it's it's not about, you know... That's where we, it just reminds me of the, you know, the 99 and then the one who goes lost and the, it's the shepherd, even though that sheep, you know, you could think, oh, it's, it's got all these things, you know, it's, it's not worthy. It's not good enough. It's, it's just a, you know, a dumb sheep. Um, But the shepherd cares so much about even that one. He's got 99. He's doing just fine. But he cares so much about that one that he leaves those 99 to go uh, to find the one. Uh, that's where I love the psalm uh, for many reasons, but one of them is it's just showing the character, yes, of the sheep, but also of the shepherd. Hmm. Uh, you know, and and that's where we see a lot of this. You know, uh, the sheep of his pasture. We see a lot of this language that we see all throughout Scripture. Uh, we see that he is good, that his love endures forever, faithfulness continues through all generations. These are all. Uh, attributes of the shepherd and what that means. And you and I are the sheep that we are, you know, the ones who go astray. Uh, The shepherd has never gone astray, Hmm. but he does leave those who are doing just fine, so to speak, uh, to go after those who are lost, to go after those who are unfaithful, Um, which is all of us that sometimes, you know, the Lord is good. Sometimes I'm not good. Mm -hmm. Uh, His love endures forever. My love falls short. Yeah. Uh, his faithfulness continues through all generations. Sometimes I'm just not faithful, you know, um, and yet uh, that's where we see in those moments uh, just the pure character of the shepherd uh, who is the Lord and what it is that he does in our lives by reaching out to us and drawing us near, even in the midst of our greatest brokenness. Yeah, yeah. So there in the midst of, of that, we, we see, yes, who God, who we are, but even more importantly, God is, and sheep without a shepherd are lost, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, we are we are drawn into the person of God uh, and his attributes when when we put our faith, hope, and trust in him. That third stanza is, a, is another um, invitation to come into his gates with thanksgiving, his mm-hmm. courts with praise, and then it's it's that that invitation to give thanks to him and praise to his name. And finally, it, it closes with this stanza about uh, 
who God is. Why does this all matter? Why would we worship God? Why would we give our praise to God? Why would we shout? Why would we need to know that that the Lord is God? Why why does everything that, that happened before this, from the very beginning of this psalm, why does it matter? Well, because the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all the generations. Um, another way that I think we can slow down, and we got to some of this, um, but as I counted, there were seven commands, and I would actually call them seven invitations in this psalm for you and I. And uh, I'm going to read it again, Ben, and I'm going to see if you can help me count the seven. Okay, Let's, let's go. All right, little game. I didn't prepare you for this. Uh, so here we go. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all the generations. Seven invitations. What's the first one? I got them. Okay. Shout for joy to the Lord. Shout for joy. Yes. Invitation two is? Worship the Lord with gladness. Worship the Lord with gladness. Number three. Come before him with a joyful song. Number four. Know that the Lord is God. Number five. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Number six. And his courts with praise. Number seven. And give thanks to him. Oh, yeah. Give uh, six. Give thanks to him. Seven. Praise his name. There I'm we guessing go. that's what you were. Yep. That's what I was for. thinking. Yep. That's perfect. So shout, worship, come before him, know, enter his gates, give thanks, and praise him. So if you're wondering, how on earth am I supposed to worship God? How am I supposed to praise God? How am I supposed to have a relationship with 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 God each morning? How do I open that conversation? Well, you open it with a shout, and you worship him, mm-hmm. and you... You come before him. You make space in your life to enter into a time with him. You you know, not just in your head, but in your heart, that that God is the Lord of this world and that you are not. And then you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and you give thanks and you praise him. Seven invitations. Imagine how each day would be a little bit brighter if we did all of those uh, throughout the day. Can I add one thing there? Yes. Uh, I think that you you just hit it there, uh, how much our day would be brighter. I think it could be easy to very much walk away with the uh, seven practices, the seven principles, the commands, the invitations. Um, And I think these are all huge, I think, with the understanding of the foundation being joy in Mm. the Lord. Mm. and, uh, you know, we, we often talk about joy at hope, you know, um, sometimes we'll even make the distinction, hopefully it's a clear distinction between happiness and joy, mm-hmm. where happiness can be a very uh, temporary, circumstantial, you know, things are going my way, hey, I, mm-hmm. you know, I um, got to see a friend today, I had, you know, this really good food, day at work was really good, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these things that make happy, but then when you don't have a day, a good day at work, or... Um, you know, things are just 
really not going your way, uh, happiness can be gone, and I think that's true for all of us. But joy is something I think that is founded uh, in something that is uh, deeper than that because we see uh, not only is joy circumstantial, it's uh, eternal. Uh, we, we look at his, you know, verse 5 again, his faithfulness continues through all generations. His love endures forever. I think we can have joy that is uh, continuing through all generations. I think we can have joy that endures forever, even through uh, really difficult times that we go through in this life uh, when things are not going our way, when things absolutely seem to be crumbling apart. Like I think about this last week, uh, we have, uh, you know, at the church, uh, almost 1,100 kids just shouting for joy. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know at our church this last week, we also... Uh, you know, in just a few different circumstances, just heard some really hard news for some families going on in our congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the wide range of emotions, and yet mm-hmm. you see, uh, even through pain, even through suffering, uh, through the, for these families, uh, you do see uh, the faithfulness of God shown through their joy that mm-hmm. they appear to have. And I don't think it's a fake, you know, putting up a you know a face for those around him. I think it is a true. Uh, heart peace that they have because they know, you know what, even in this crazy suffering, which it is crazy because it is very, um, very personal, very uh, painful, uh, very real, uh, very final for a lot of them, uh, even though they're going through this, uh, we see that, um, man, that Christ is sufficient, that he sustains them even through all of those different things. Uh, and so, like, shouting, what does that mean for our worship? It means that regardless of what it is that we're going through, uh, worship is not circumstantial. You can worship God on your best day, and you can worship God when everything is falling out from underneath your feet. Uh, in fact, it's it's not just that you can, uh, but it's, it's a calling that this is maybe a challenge for us to do those things. Uh, when things are going great, don't forget about them. Give them thanks and praise. Man, when your life is going terrible, um, don't just let your life go terrible. And, you know, yes, you can ask God, you know, why why are these things happening? You know, he's there and he's available. But allow this to be a time where you can actually allow him to change your heart and to tune your heart to outward worship uh, for him. Because even when we suffer, even when we struggle, he is faithful and he's going to walk with us. He's going to carry us through. He's going to be the shepherd leading us in the midst of a crazy, chaotic world. I think that's so true Ben and I I think I think about where the psalm begins it begins with all of all, all of the earth and then one of these seven invitations is is to enter his gates to come into uh, the path and that's a, a a theme that's throughout the psalms and coming on to the the path that of righteousness the path that that God has laid out for us um, what holds all of this together what holds all of the earth together? What holds our happiness and our joy and our sadness and our sorrow and our grief and our sin and our guilt? It's ultimately these invitations lead us somewhere, and where they lead us is the faithfulness of God that continues through mm-hmm. all of the generations. Where does God's faithfulness lead? Well, it leads mm-hmm. to a cross mm-hmm. where God would suffer and die, where Jesus dies for the sake of the world. And so these invitations, all of them point to that place, that place uh, where 
where God makes good on his promises and where God God's faithfulness shows up in a way that we can really truly see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will shout for joy because we know that God loved this world enough that he would send his only son so that when we put our faith in him, uh, there is hope, joy, and eternal life mm-hmm. and salvation. It reminds me of a book uh, I haven't finished yet. Um, I started last summer and <laughs> I kind of fell away, but it's called The Celebration of Discipline, where it you know talks about a lot of that what you just said, where these seven practices, these seven, you know, calls for our life, it's not necessarily just, you know, shout for joy to the Lord, uh, doing that just for the sake of shouting for joy to the Lord. And if you do that, then everything's going to go great. But the purpose is when you do put these into practice, it's ultimately going to get you into the presence of God, which is the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's these things are, you know, the takeaways, the application, but the whole purpose of all of it is to get you into the gates of God, into his courts, so that you can praise him. Uh, it's getting us back to God. That is the whole story of Scripture, that we have fallen away from God, and yet he sent his Son so that we could be redeemed and be brought back into uh, that very presence of God. Uh, that's the whole promise, and that's the, the purpose that we can have and the joy that we can have because of that. Yes, there is life there, right? Those are the two paths. There's the, the path of God, the path of life without God, and we know that life with God is so much more mm. fulfilling. Amen. Amen. Uh, beautiful psalm. Hope that you listeners have a chance to sit down and read it again and maybe think through some of those uh, invitations, celebrations, and ultimately where I would leave us is that last verse, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. We'll be back again next week with another psalm for the summer, Uh, but in the meantime, I invite you to like, subscribe, share this podcast with your friends so that we can get the word out, and don't forget to stay Deeply rooted in God's word.